0: This verse has meant a lot to me, has helped me, and I'm going to try to share some of the help that it has given me with you. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. What kind of peace? Perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Why? Because he trusteth. In thee. May the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God, through this earth through this, this earthen vessel, get through your darkness and punch into your long-term memory this morning. May God come and help you to digest this and incorporate it and inculcate it into your being. Because these words are words of life. And they're words of beauty. And they will help you. You don't have to go to psychology You do not have to see a psychiatrist to have peace. You need to see Dr. Jesus. The great physician is the only one that really possesses the secret of peace. People long for peace. You say, oh, I, don't even, I don't understand the value of peace. You will. As as, as Yoda said, you will. You will. Where you're going to miss peace, where you're going to know about peace is when you lose it. There's no more tortured souls than those that have lost their peace. It's terrible to watch. It's terrible. I've watched it over and over and over again. People who have no peace. And consequently, nothing they own or possess has value. Because without peace, nothing else matters. And that's why God said it was so important that you have peace. He's also called the Prince of Peace. And he said, there's no peace but by me and through me. By the grace of God, let me help you. Uh, something's going on with this again. I heard something going. Did something blow up back there? Why we must risk our lives during COVID. That's the title of the message. It is. It has everything to do with Isaiah 26.3. Those two are intimately tied together why we must risk our lives during covid last year flu came through the school the year before and every other year we've ever had flu we're talking about h1n1 we were tested we knew the kids had it h1n1 and it was the dreaded flu nobody wore a mask nobody cared nobody washed their hands they spit all over each other they they traded food they didn't they didn't you know they didn't The restaurants didn't clean the tables. Uh, The uh, cook didn't have a mask on. Uh, He coughed over your hamburger. He didn't care. Um, You didn't know it, but that's what happened. Um, Half of our upper grades had H1N1. They, They got it. They got it. They took it home. No parents called up, and nobody called us up and said, we're going to shut down the whole place now because somebody's got it. No. Nobody cared. I mean, that's the way it appeared to me. Nobody cared whether H1N1, maybe your kids got it. I don't know if your kids were one of them or not, but all of our upper grades got H1N1. They went through. I didn't get it. Chris didn't get it, and uh, I don't know if our staff got it, but there was no fear. What was missing between COVID and that? COVID and COVID, What's going to be different this year than last year? Fear. Fear. The statistics do not warrant the fear. The mathematics is not warranting the fear. And so we as Christians get this great opportunity while the world's in absolute fear Disproportionately, we get this opportunity to show them that we don't we don't live with a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind. We believe, ultimately, God controls our future. And the promise is, "I'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me because they trust in me." I'm not talking about being stupid this morning. But I'm also not talking about being stupid in fear. I'm seeing a lot of stupid fear. A whole lot of stupid fear going on. Unfounded, unwarranted, extreme fear. Fear is destructive and not good in its typical manifestations. The Bible speaks volumes about trusting in God. Let me make this statement. If nothing else goes through, let this get in. Trusting presumes the idea of risk. Trusting, I'm going to repeat it, presumes the idea of risk. You do not have to trust if there's no risk. Amen? Shout to heaven glory. You've got to shout, you know. Trusting for many, we trust for all kinds of things in life. We trust trust for our daily food. We trust for clothing. We trust for shelter. We trust for safety. You get out on 41, you ought to be worried a whole lot more about a 90-year-old who can't hear or see and has lost half of their cognitive memory driving a vehicle that weighs 4,000 pounds, and you're out on the road with them. You ought to be a whole lot more afraid of that than you are or a drunk or a drug addict if you knew the condition of the average driver You wouldn't believe it, and yet you get out on that road, I want to go buy a a, a case of pop at the grocery store. For the least amount, you'll go to the grocery store, you'll jump in the car, boom, go down the road, you don't think a thing. Hey, why? You are trusting. You're trusting. You trust God for life itself, and ultimately we trust him for eternal life, don't we? If there was no risk, why should one trust? The truth is, all of life is risk from the beginning to the end. I think we presume way too much that we're ensuring our well-being, that we have this, this special, we are the ones keeping ourselves safe. I don't think you can keep yourself safe. If the whole truth were known, the background revealed, we would be stunned how much God's hand is in keeping us safe and keeping us alive in our well-being, in our tests that come by, in our troubles, even how we die. I look at the book of Job, of course, as the book of books would look at when unexpected trouble comes. And you look at the book of Job, and I'm not going over the book with you. Most of you know it. But Job alone informs us of what happens In the background, more than any other book, Job's test was absolutely allowed by God. Job's test was managed by God. His test was limited by God. Do we have an amen? I'm going to be a black preacher. How much did Job have to do with his test? Not much. All Job had to do with it was how he reacted to it. That's all he had. He didn't have a choice whether he was going to be tested. He didn't have a choice whether his ten children were going to die. He didn't have a choice whether his old naggy, whiny woman would be left alive. He did not he did not have a choice um, in almost anything except how he reacted to the test itself. He could panic, y'all agree? Shout amen towards heaven. He could could get mad at God. People do all the time. God didn't didn't deal me a good hand. We ain't playing poker. Uh, And and he could have quit trusting God, fell apart. He could have just fallen apart. He could have committed suicide. He could have got mad at the world and began to kill those around him. That's what some people are doing. Instead, Job's reaction was under the control of God. What happened? Job trusted God. I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed upon him. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. Do You trust God today. It can't be just a verbal. It can't be just trusting God is not sitting there and saying, I trust God. Trusting God is your actions. Of course, some of what you say has part of that. Job said, the Bible said Job did not sin with his lips and all that went on there. He never, he never accused God. He said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. If if my wife gets COVID and dies, all I'm going to say at her funeral, the Lord giveth, and it was great while she was here, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If I die, she'll say, glory, hallelujah. <laughs> Finally got rid of him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I've been working for 50 years. on trying to make my wife not miss me when I'm gone. What are you going to be for God? A hero or a zero? Do I care about myself more than I care about others? We call heroes people who care about others more than themselves. Is that not correct? Medal of Honor people, Medal of Honor people, which are rare, are given that fabulous and high. Most time after they after they're dead, because they cared about others more than they cared for themselves. So. Do, do do Does mankind generally appreciate people who care about others more than they care about their own skin? They do. They honor them. They give them medals. They lift them up. Um, give me liberty or give me death. We talk about that guy. I don't care about the tor- torpedoes full speed ahead. We talk about that guy. He didn't say it exactly that way. So do you care more about yourself than you care about God? I hope not. When Jesus told his disciples to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, do you think he understood the risk? That's that's Mark 16, 15. I want you to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, he's telling them that. He's also telling us that. Our prime directive is to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In other words, get out and about. Get, get out and about. It could be gospel tracts. It could be, uh, uh, we're doing this over video. We're doing this over uh, podcasts. podcast. We're doing this over all kinds of things. Uh, we're sharing CDs. We're doing all kinds of, trying to get the preached word out, asking people to come to church. Absolutely another way to do it. Awana. Uh, we used to do nursing homes. Uh, you know, maybe we'll be back to doing nursing homes here pretty soon and, and getting out and about with people. Because we want to tell them, Jesus saves. You're dying and going to hell without Christ, period. There ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's not opinion, it's fact. God understood the risk. There was death for all the disciples. He knew when he was talking to those boys, and he loved them. He loved them. He knew that as he was talking to them that every one of them would be martyred, and that was not a pleasant death. But every one of those would be martyred except for one. I believe John, the youngest one of them all, probably 17 years old, lived a full life about 100 years old and died naturally, as far as we know. He was not martyred. But the rest of them were martyred young. Um, James and John, you remember that? James and John. James got martyred. Acts chapter 12. I always wondered. Jesus invests all this training in James. Shows him all these miracles, you know, He and, and right at the get-go, he gets killed. It's, it was God's way. He just had a short, his ministry was just a short little ministry compared to Paul's ministry or compared to some of those others, other boys. And so the loss of our health, the loss of our wealth, our well-being, is part of this command. That's where the trusting comes in. Let me give you some verses. You know this one, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not on thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge Him, He'll direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Fear will take health away from you, and it'll hurt your bones, which make your blood. But trust in God will add health to your navel, and it'll help your bones make blood. Second Corinthians 1, through 8-10. Paul says, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, which we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. Now, it doesn't get worse than that. You're at the bottom of the bottom. He says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. You all got it? Who delivered us from so great a death, and hath deliver, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. That's it right there. 1 Timothy 4.10, 11. For therefore we labor, and we suffer reproach. Why? Because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially them that believe. These things he said, command and teach. I'm trying to do that today. 1 Peter 4.19, wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls in him or to him in well-being as unto a faithful creator. So something bad is going to happen to you. You don't know when, you don't know how, and you don't know what. But it's called death. Death isn't pretty, has a foul stench about him. His breath smells horribly. Have you ever smelled roadkill? That's death. And uh, it's not pleasant. It's, I've watched people die. It's not a happy time. You're not around going, oh, boy. so No, it's not. It's terrible. But he said, you've got to trust in God through that process. It says, you that suffer according to the will of God, commit the keeping of your souls to him and well-doing as unto a faithful creator. That's what Job did. He said, whatever happens, good, bad, or whatever, God's doing it, and I'm going to thank him for it, because in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. All those scriptures mesh together just like this in a beautiful pattern. We're not only to be willing to suffer for Christ in doing the will of God, but we need to be willing to die for Christ in doing the will of God. Second Corinthians 4.11, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Basically, he's saying, Paul's writing there, he's saying, every day I get up, I figure today is possible, and doing the will of God, I may be delivered unto death. Why? That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Somehow, God could use my life and my death in contribution to the kingdom of God, some little contribution to the kingdom of God. That takes the teeth out of the lion, doesn't it? You know the lion roars and he's big and it's loud. Have you ever seen a real lion? Lord, He's got feet that big around. I mean, he's a big old boy. King of the jungle, king of it, king of beasts. I mean, and but but the lion has had his teeth taken out. All he's got is the roar. All he's got a the scary look. Because, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The singer doesn't sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth of the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Look, I'm not talking about going out there, and finding somebody with COVID, sticking your finger in their mouth, I'm saying, I want it. But, brother, we got it. We, we, this is our chance to show the world that we're a Christian. Shutting down churches. What in the world? I had people from up north calling me and saying, Our church is still not open. And it's legal to be open. It's even legal to be open in the States, sir. But they're not open yet. They're still not open. I mean, I get, I'm, I'm real careful not to criticize, but I'm like, Wow, brother, you should move to Southwest Florida. Philippians 2.27, you remember, has anybody ever heard a kid named Epaphroditus? Have you? I like that, Epaphroditus. Well, Epaphroditus, it was a servant who came to Paul to help him out. In Philippians 2.27, and uh, in verse 30 there also, he came to Paul to help him. He got sick. You mean to tell me people got sick in the presence of Paul the apostle? Yes, because God didn't heal everybody. God didn't give Paul just... He could heal anybody at his whim. He told Paul when to heal, how to heal, where to heal, whom to heal. And, and uh, th- th- this wasn't the one. Epaphroditus was a big help to him. was that? But Epaphroditus caught H1N1. Maybe he caught the China flu. And, and it says, "For indeed he was sick nigh unto death. That's the old southern term, nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me, Also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death. There's that southern term again. Not regarding his life to supply your lack of service towards me. Not regarding his life to get those bus bus boys and girls in to get the Bible. Not regarding his life to give those Awana kids the word of God. Not regarding his life to go door to door and to see boys and girls, men and women, at least get the chance to hear the gospel. Not regarding his life and passing out gospel tracts. Not regarding his life and, and coming to an, a general assembly of the church of the living God. That's what this is about. You folks are taking a risk today. Now, don't run out of here screaming, okay? But, but you're taking a risk today. Some of you shook my hand. Oh, you took a risk, amen. Some of you, I, I, some of you come up. I'll try. I'll do, you know, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to hit me, go ahead. But uh, you'll come up and go, hey, I want to shake your hand. Okay. I'll hug you, brother. I'll hug you. I'll give you a kiss in the cheek. Um, and you took a risk. Of course, every time you do that, I say, well, how about wash your hands? Make sure you wash your hand. Nothing wrong with washing your hands. Because I'm not out there trying to do it. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, the church of Smyrna said, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Is this the Bible or what? What am I preaching? Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prisons. You may be tried, and you may have tribulation ten days, but be thou faithful unto death. What? I thought he was going to heal me. No, he said, I'm going to let you die in prison will be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. See, we, we get this. We've been poisoned by health and wealth gospel. Health and wealth gospel, which we've been preached by, you know, when we start naming them, Baker, Swagger, Curly Top. Um, um, I can't even name all the ones that are most famous, but those are the big ones. Those are the big ones. And, oh, Benny, Benny Hinn, Benny Hinn, and a few of these others. They're up there saying, you can't lose with the stuff we use. And, and, and God's for your health and for your wealth and for your well-being. God never wants you to get sick. I could preach it. And trust me, it's a popular message. If I came in here this morning and spent a half hour telling you how God wants you n- nothing but up, no down. God wants you nothing good but no bad. God wants you happy, no sad. You'd be like, yeah, that's almost an outline right there. I could put on the radio and go with it. You say, Preacher, what's a radio? I should say, put that on an 8-track, put it around. That's, that's what they do. And, and, and the average Christian today has heard some of that here, there, and yon, because it's everywhere. And if I may say this, they kind of want to believe it. It's kind of one of the things like, I, I, that would be nice, I suppose, but you don't know what's good for you, or you wouldn't say that. Because the trouble that God sends in your life is what's best for you. You say, what? you all, you all have parents that discipline you? Over and over, I thank, my, I thank my God that my mom and dad disciplined me. I thank my God. Let's give a shout out to our parents discipline you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My mom, my dad took me and whooped me good. He, he, he stopped me in my tracks and whooped me good. He, why, sometimes you believe this. I know you can't believe it, Harley, but I was sometimes smart off to my mother. Well, that was a real mistake because my dad would take me side and decide he'd say, put both of your hands down by your side. And my dad was a boxer. He was lightning fast, welterweight. And, and I, he, he raised me when he was uh, from 33 years old to 53 years old. That would have been the prime of his world, and he was still doing the speed bag every day. So he'd say, put your hands down to your side. And I'd go, no, I, he said, put your hands down to your side. He said, now, you don't know if I'm going to hit you with my left hand or right hand. You don't know which hand I'm going to hit you with. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) And boom, he'd take a left and smack you across the face. He said, now, if you, if I hear you say one word to your mother out of order, I'm going to, it may be the right hand next time. Oh, don't hit me with the right hand. He wasn't abusing me. He didn't leave any lasting marks. Look. I got all my teeth. Well, I don't have all my teeth, but it's not his fault. But but thank you, Jesus. He taught me respect. How do you do it? Pain. Pain. How does God teach you stuff? Don't be too upset by the things you suffer because God's putting something into you that you can't get any other way. I think of, I think of Bill Hinton His wife died about 10 years ago now. Bill has suffered. It cannot be recorded, and, and nobody would know how far and how deep Bill has suffered in the last 10 years without his little woman, little Pat. But somehow or another, this is for your good, brother. But it's something you'd never order. Oh, you never order. You say, Oh, I don't mind going ahead of her. Amen. We men want to go ahead of the women. We want to go ahead and leave the mess. But no, God says, No, 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 Bill. I'm going to take Pat. I know you were surprised by it. I was surprised by it. I've been surprised. Uh, you know, I, at any time that thing happened. But I know one thing I know God's good. And I owe God, a, it means nothing but to help Bill Hentorn through the absence of his wife these 10 years. I've known some widows. I know a widow that was, was uh, widowed longer than she was married. Now, that is wild. She was widowed longer than she was married. I met a widow recently who was married 37 years. And she told me, man, the day he died, I was so glad. Yeah, yeah. She said, to be honest with you, he made my life hell. But I stuck with him and did the right thing. But he was a dictator, and he was mean, and now he's gone. And now I got the rest of my life to live. I thought, boy, I hope my wife don't say that. <laughs> but I appreciate her honesty. And I've tried to behave better as a husband, by the way, and do, do better about that. But we're not supposed to fear the things we come on. Look, just trust God for it. Don't you know it? You, you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You want to wash your hands, wash your hands. You want to take some precautions, take precaution. But what I'm trying to tell you is a whole lot more of this is in God's hands than what you understand. And don't you go around biting your nails, worrying about this thing called COVID, because after COVID there's going to come another one. And I heard already there's another one in China that's crossed over from the animals to the people. It's already another one coming up. And I wouldn't doubt it if they're manufacturing them just to keep us off balance. This may be the new war. This may be a new war, uh, a biochemical war. And and, and we're just going to have to get used to this thing, amen? I'm just used to it. Okay, we're just going to go about our normal business in a normal way, by the grace of God, maybe a little cleaner than we used to be. But ultimately, I'm trusting God. And I'm not going to run around in fear as a born-again Christian. It's so important that we are willing to risk our lives for Christ or the things of God and the work of God will stop and be heard. We need to get back on the streets, back to Iwana, back to the buses, back to Sunday school, back to day school, back to junior church, back to seeking the loss, obeying God's commandments. How are we going to do that, preacher? We're just going to have to trust God like our forefathers trusted God. Trust God for His safety, His health, His preservation. Our lives, risk has always been part of life and is still part of it. And I don't think COVID has changed that much. I hope you examine your heart. I hope you do. Don't hold back unless you know God wants you to. But for how long are you going to hold back? Some people tell me they're they're kind of hiding. Haven't been in church in six months. We have numbers of people who haven't been in church in six months. And I say, preacher, we're not coming to, a, we got some sort of assurance that we're not going to get. That may never come. I hope you know that a vaccine is no promise of anything. 30% effective, may not work, may have long-term adverse effects. There can be all kinds of, we may not get a vaccine for five years. It really works. You're going to stay holed up for five years? You're going to stay out of church for five years. You're going to stay away from the grocery store for five. Oh, I to go to the grocery store. Okay, so you can go to the grocery store, but you don't want to come to church. So, and I'm not trying to just get people to come to church. That's not my point. I want them to be right with God. I think we need to drive a stake down. Souls are still dying without Christ like they did before this crisis. Just the same. We need to get back to the work that God has given us in simple faith and trust and God's watch care over us. And I would say it this way, if we die, we die. If we die, we die. And if we die, guess where we get to go? I wonder sometimes whether the Christians believe in heaven, really do. You know, do you really believe in heaven? Not too many people want to go there. I get the survival thing. I get it. But it goes past that survival thing. I think they're dreading to face God. Oh, that could be. I hope you're in a place in this morning right with God to where if he takes you right now, you're ready to meet him. Somehow I believe it's going to be without your permission. Somehow I believe it's going to be without your notice. He's not going to give you a notice at the door and say, by the way, today's the day. I somehow think you're going to, you're going to start I've had enough heart trouble to tell you it comes on like this. Amen. Remember it comes on like that. And you think, this is it. This is it. We've hit the heights. We're going. The only thing I got going for me not going is the good die young. Are you at peace with God? Are you at peace with God? Isaiah 26.3, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because he trusteth in him. You stay your mind upon the things of God. Memorize the verses that help you in the word of God. Bathe your mind over those things. Oh, preacher, I don't doubt that you got fear. Oh, fighting's within and fear's without. No doubt about it. No doubt. That's a war. What amounts to is this has just brought that war to the surface. And now we are born-again believers need to take our arsenal of weapons out against fear and say, ooh, we're gonna trust in God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. And we're not gonna, we're not gonna let this thing control us and keep us away from the things that God's asked us to do. Just like we haven't quit going and getting food, just like we haven't quit getting gas, just like we haven't quit other things, we're not gonna quit what God wants us to do for sure. We're going to show the world that we're Christian and there's a God. And if we die, we die. Father, help us to overcome this monster called fear. This, this time. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida,